Welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that turns into an animated fish. Partway through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, but... that's it. That's what we're hard today. <laughs> yeah. So this is our season two wrap up. Uh, every time we come to the end of a season for our season finale, we... We like uh, to do a movie. Yeah. We like to hit something else from the uh, careers of our stars. It's like when your teacher in fifth grade was hungover. And just, like, let the lights down and just puts on a movie and then they can just kind of go on autopilot for a little bit. How old were you when you finally realized that's why we watch movies in class? Uh, 24. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. As an adult, like, once you know a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> once you're friends with a teacher, you realize, oh! Yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Bill Nye reinforced so many drinking habits. I, we, the best was, like, towards the end of like end of high school it stopped the pretense of learning slowly went away and they were just like guys this week we're gonna watch jurassic park i know this has nothing to do with american history but just be cool we definitely watched finding nemo in my like high school biology class oh like because... 15 times oh yeah we watched feifel goes west in a u.s history class <laughs> For my freshman fucking year. I had I had a biology teacher who, like, sucked shit if you had him in the morning. I hated him. Yeah. But if you had him in the afternoon, he was cool as fuck. And mm -hmm. everyone realized, oh, he just goes and gets high in the back room at lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that rules. Like, he was just completely baked and chill and didn't give a shit about anything in the afternoon classes. I, of course, had him first period. And that's why I don't know biology. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, no, we never had that... It it like we never had anything that interesting happen with our teachers. We just knew that you needed to drop their class because they were going through a messy divorce. Oh, we had those too. Yeah. So today's movie, while you guys all put your heads down on your desks and we turn down the lights very low, is the incredible Mr. Limpet. Let's nobody in the podcast raise our voices. So yeah, we're watching the incredible Mr. Limpet, a movie that's basically the plot of Captain America. It is. <laughs> insane i suggested this movie because i saw it as a kid i feel like everybody saw this movie as a kid i feel like yeah. this is definitely like a grandma's house movie it is i saw it like me and uh my mom used to like we would go over to uh a, a, like a family friend's house and like her and the other mom would get drunk and we'd all like play around and they would put on like movies for us and inexplicably they put on this fucking movie and like this is like a memory that is like lodged in my head i know who don knotts is permanently because of this film but the memory i had of it is like don knotts becomes a fish he hangs out and does awesome fish shit for like an hour just being a fish living it up no it is captain fish america the first sea venger like it is cr he fights nazis the entire time how long have you been sitting on that i you couldn't even come up with captain americarp I wanted it to feel effortless. I, I I felt like if I wrote it too well, it would feel like something I came up with five hours ago and got excited with while folding laundry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is definitely, like, something that was definitely in, like, every grandparent's VHS collection. Yeah. I think. 
you know, because they had fond memories of it from when they were children, and because they didn't know what a good movie was. Yeah. Right? Because there was just, as we've discovered, you could just feed people garbage. I mean, it is kind of like you hear about the 60s. And there's this whole thing of like, oh, the hippies were going crazy and like the counterculture, they were being all weird and they were having sex in piles and they were dressing like idiots. The mainstream people in the 60s were losing their fucking minds (laughs) so much worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were making shit like this, which is unhinged. This is this movie is the product of not just an unwell mind. But a pervert. A dangerous pervert. I, like, in terms of, like, people's sexuality, I try to be, like, whatever whatever floats your boat, live and let live. The person who did this is a sick man. I feel like there's probably a couple of people working on this, right? Like, one person who was just like, all right, you gotta give me the fish fucking. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta give me the fish sex. I wanted to... Can, can Don Knotts rail a fish? And that person was you know rightfully kept in check (laughs) but when they like said okay let's peel back on the fish sex part they also peeled back on anything interesting i like what i i I noted when we started this i wasn't gonna watch it but then i saw all right it's only an hour and 40 minutes which is good because there's like a whole bunch of like family movies from the 60s that everyone forgets are like three hours long yeah like chitty chitty bang bang everything you remember of chitty chitty bang bang is like the first 40 minutes of chitty chitty bang bang i am that movie goes on forever i am kind of convinced that we all saw the trailer for chitty chitty bang bang uh before watching the vhs of mary poppins and we all just remember the trailer thinking that we saw the whole movie that's I don't entirely think, possible i don't think anyone's actually seen chitty chitty bang bang i don't think anyone's seen mary poppins mary poppins is a movie that i i feel like i've only seen like part of and feel like i've watched the whole thing yeah i don't know how mary poppins ends i don't even apparently mary poppins is very mean in it but i just remember her being chill and hanging out with penguins like i remember her being awesome but apparently her whole thing is that she's very strict uh i think i revisited that like earlier this year when emily blunt played mary poppins and I, that and was... she rides a BMX bike. <laughs> Mary Poppins tears shit up on a BMX, just shreds it in a musical number with Lin Manuel Miranda. I did not see that. Did that actually happen? That apparently, I have not seen this film, but I all heard I've, it happens. All I've seen is the trailer, and I was like, I can't go see this movie because apparently, like, dominant Emily Blunt is a thing that I got feelings about, and. I I don't know what to do with this. You can't, yeah, you can't see that in a theater. I, yeah, no, you, you'll be asked to leave. Um, so incredible, incredible Mr. Mr. Limpet. Incredible, Mr. Limpet. Uh, so the the last time we did this was um, it was a face in the crowd, Great a movie, movie, a movie with Andy Griffith that we both love. Yes, and this is Incredible, Mr. Limpet, which stars Don Knotts. So we're getting the other side of it. That you texted me halfway through that you were falling asleep. Yeah. And I actually fell asleep during and had to rent it a second time (laughs) because I fell asleep during the part where he's fighting Nazis. How is a movie about a fish that fights Nazis so fucking dull? It's incredible. Someone came in with a pitch. It was like, Don Knotts, right now hailed as one of the funniest guys in America, right? And everyone's like, yeah, okay. We're going to make him into a cartoon fish, right? Yeah! He's going to blow up Nazi U-boats. Yeah! It's going to be mostly 
the logistics of him getting a pension as a fish. Like, it's going to be like, there's going to be like three scenes of, of fish labor negotiation. We're going to have like an entire scene dedicated to like military protocol when, you know, giving a promotion logistics. Yeah. Kids love logistics. Frank, are you drinking again? Before we talk about the movie, I want to talk about the trailer for this movie. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's so talk, let's talk about this. When we were trying to figure out if this movie was going to be anything to talk about, I checked the trailer and immediately sent it to you because it made such promises. <laughs> I understand that like trailers have changed, but I've never seen anything like this. It starts off with just Four minutes of a guy talking to you about the movie. Like, Arthur, he's like, hello, my name is Arthur Chesterfield. I'm a radio personality. Yeah, he's not even a film critic. No, he's not related to this at all. He's just a guy who saw the movie and was like, this movie rules. I'm just going to tell you about it. And then after doing that, like he's just like, it's got action and adventure and blows no, up no, submarines. You're, you're, you're saying it with way more enthusiasm than he did. Yeah. He was just like, hello, I witnessed a good motion picture with my family. Mm-hmm. And I would like to share this motion picture with you. He thinks that a crucial reason for why you should see this movie is that he saw it in an aquarium in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. He, yeah. Then he says like, and to make you want to watch it, I'd like to play you a song from the movie. And you think that, like, like he's, like he's the song is going to come on to, like, images. No. He sits there and he plays a record of a song from the movie and then just stares at you. <laughs> he just, 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 like, I, I know he probably blinks, but it felt like he wasn't blinking and didn't move at all. He kind of mumbles the words to the song under his breath. He yeah. just kind of, like, watch his lips move a little bit, like, do do do, 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 do. This is a song from the movie. Yeah. You're watching this in a theater. It's crazy. It's <laughs> like if now uh you I was going to like go see uh a Bug's Life 2, the bugging, and just like as I was going in, how Guy Fieri was just like, hey there! I saw this movie. I liked it. Now I'm going to play some of it for you while looking into the camera for three solid minutes. It's insane. Yeah. And then then the actual trailer finally starts. And I feel like maybe there was like a a dispute or something. They couldn't say the Andy Griffith show. But the announcer for this seems really like, it's like he's trying to convince you that you know who Don Knotts is. Hey, that's Don Knotts, the funny man from TV. You know, Don Knotts. Sure. And now Don Knotts stars in a big new color movie as the incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah. He was just like, hey, that's Don Knotts. You know, Don Knotts, the funny guy from TV. He's pretty good. Sure you do. Yeah. Anyway, that's Don Knotts, and he's in a new movie. So this was... The movie that made Don Knotts a thing outside of the Andy Griffith could, show. Could they this not was his... say the word Andy Griffith? Could they not say... They probably couldn't say Andy Griffith show because that was made by CBS Productions and this is a WB movie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they just had to be like, Don Knotts, that you know for From reasons. television. <laughs> yeah. You know, your best friend, Don Knotts. You know him. You know his style. It's so weird. They're... they're they can't even just say Don Knotts is in this movie. They have to really convince you that you know and love Don Knotts. Yeah. Okay, so this was this took place in the later seasons of The Andy Griffith Show when Don Knotts was, like, kind of on his way out. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, he may have already left the the show by that point. No, he, the show went on hiatus so that he could make this. Okay. Yeah. So this was, and this is why Don Knotts is a thing. It, it like tell like like put him into all of these like wacky movies. This was his big star shot. Don Knotts isn't funny at all in this movie. No, they give him nothing to do. The, he doesn't even do any physical comedy, which is what Don Knotts was good at. And he doesn't do any blustery rants. He doesn't, which is say, what he's good at. He doesn't do any jokes as a fish. He doesn't, he like, people are like, well, come shake my hand, Mr. Lippet. I don't have a hand. I'm a fish. Oh, stand on your own two legs, Mr. Limpet. I don't have legs. I'm a fish. Like, and then fish are like, hey, I want you to fuck me. And he's like, we get married in the human world. He's just explaining things. Yeah, he just explains humans to fish and fish to humans. And that's it. That is literally it. I don't think he tells a single joke. Well, he tells like maybe like 1950s. Andy Griffith era joke. No, not even those. No, no, they're not jokes. They're just explaining that fish don't have hands. Okay, so should we go through this? Like, we I think we're going this? through scene by scene, but we're going through part by part. Let's talk about the framing device of this movie. Yeah, uh, it starts off in the sixties. Yeah, uh, two men are at the Pentagon, and they are marching down this office. Very like official, the, like yeah. the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so it's two very official Navy men. Going in, a, going in a back room into a super secret secure area. And they're going to open up a sealed file. Yeah. Right? And they, the reason that they need to open up a sealed file is because dolphins are getting smarter. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is a crisis. Well, they're not sure it's a crisis, but they're alarmed by it. Yeah. They're worried because, like, suddenly dolphins are getting smarter and there's studies that show they might get smarter than humans. Uh I don't know about you, Dan, but there was a movie in the 60s starring Leslie Nielsen about a man who trained a dolphin to assassinate the president. So this is a what? real concern. Are you sh- What's it called? It's called Day of the Dolphin. Fuck yeah! And it stars Leslie Nielsen. It's actually the prequel to Three Days of the Condor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're worried about. They're worried about that Leslie Nielsen or Don Knotts is training dolphins and teaching them things, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So they're just like, well, the Navy scientists want to look into this, and we think it's him. Yeah. We think he's doing it. And and one of the guys is like, can't we just leave this alone? It's such a painful thing. And he's like, no, it's time to find Mr. Limpet. And they throw a picture of Don Knotts down. And it's just like Don Knotts looking confused as to why he's being photographed. I'm also confused why any of this. Yeah, why any, why is, like... It's just the weirdest framing device for the whole thing of, like, top secret men talking about dolphin intelligence. It presents no immediate threat or urgency. So flashback to 1941. Yeah. Yeah. And we see Don Knotts, Henry Limpet, and he's, like, a bookkeeper, an accountant of some he, sort. He, yeah, he's, like, like, an accountant. He works at a desk and crunches numbers. Yeah, and he's staring out into the ocean... Because uh, he can see the, the bay from his office window. Yeah. And he sits down. Uh, he's got these glasses that he's constantly losing because they don't have earpieces. Yeah. They just sit on his nose. The, uh, d- had they not invented the the earpiece part of glasses yet? Like, <laughs> was it just that? He's like a dog shit Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I was trying to think of what fictional character has those glasses. Uh 
some of the secretaries, they ask him, hey, so I guess are we losing you to the Navy soon? And he explains, no, I'm 4F. They won't accept me. Because I'm Don Knotts. Because, because everything you know about Don Knotts. <laughs> yeah, because my body and brain are garbage. <laughs> Which, again, this is the plot of Captain America. Yeah, I was about to, oh, you thought we were, like, exaggerating about it being a beat-for-beat beat remake of Captain America? Pre-make of Captain America? No, it's Captain fucking America. So, yeah, he wants to join the Navy. He wants to go and fight in World War II, but he cannot. Uh, it's 1941, so the U.S. is not involved in World War II yet. Yeah. So we get our first indication that something is up with Henry because one of the secretaries goes out in the hallway and then screams because there's a fish in the water cooler. Yeah. Henry put a fish in the water cooler for safekeeping, yeah. I guess. So he is weird like he is deranged in some way like he has a fixation on fish that comes with a complete disregard for normal human behavior and also that there's de that's definitely not safe for a fish right yeah like you have to do stuff to water to make it like safe for fish yeah this movie doesn't have a salt for being a movie about fish this movie does not have a solid grasp on how fish work even a little he should have some like ph testing strips and shit yeah you know, there's got to be, like, an air filter, like, a bubbler going all the way through. What, what? How did he even get it in there? That's not how water coolers work. Right! Yeah, you can't just, like, open the top. You have to, like... You have to lift it up, and then... Yeah, that's not how water coolers work. That's never been how water coolers work. First of many things that don't totally make sense in this movie. Uh, if you think about it for two seconds. So, his wife calls him and is like, okay, come home. I don't want you to hang around that pet shop. Henry goes home. Yeah. And His wife has told him not to stop by the pet shop. Yeah. But he does. Yeah. Uh, and just sort of stares into a tank and is like, they're beautiful. Look at them. He gets home and his friend, okay. George, is there. Okay, so let's talk about this George situation. So there is a dude named George who is in a sailor costume. He is, I think the best way to describe his whole deal is, uh, what if Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure was fucking your wife? That's basically George's deal. Is he looks and acts exactly like Francis. Uh, I was going to say it was like they plucked Fred Flintstone off the TV and plopped him in a Navy uniform. No, he's way too whiny for that. Like, like Fred Flintstone was like, I'm upset about stuff and I'm grumbling and George is like, Henry, why are you doing that? Good point. Good point. So he is just this deeply unpleasant dude to be around. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Is fucking Henry's wife. They, he doesn't seem to care. Like, yeah. They are not subtle about it at all. And men, like, I'm not reading too much into this. They, he's clearly fucking... Uh, Be Betsy? Bessie. Bessie. He's yeah, clearly yeah. fucking Betsy. Yeah, yeah. Bessie. And and they they even, like, clarify that Bessie is not satisfied in Henry's relationship at all. Like, there's one moment, and, and Henry doesn't care either. Like, neither of these people are into each other. Yeah. Like, the first time we see Bessie come out, she leans in for a kiss and just waits for that kiss. And then, uh, like, Henry just gives her a very, like, weak, timid, like, kiss on the cheek and then walks away. And she makes a joke like, control yourself, Henry. We've yeah. got friends. we got people here. We have guests. So from what it sounds like, because uh, George mentions some stuff about meeting uh, Betsy's dad years ago before, uh, before she married Henry. It sounds basically like George is 
Bessie's ex-boyfriend who joined the Navy and then started becoming their their family friend who hangs out all the time. Yes. Every time he's on shore leave, he's there. Yeah. Like the whole weekend. So basically, like, George is just like very blatantly fucking Henry's wife that he's understand like I mean it's it's sort of an understandable situation because Henry is apparently not attracted to his human wife oh we should point out uh back to the trailer the announcer says something very weird in the trailer where he's like Don Knotts is Henry Limpet and as a man Henry Limpet is what you'd call a poor fish. Yeah. Not no, a, I wouldn't. No, it's not no, a I thing you call, call people. I wouldn't call him that at all because that's not a phrase. That's not even vaguely a phrase. <laughs> Nobody God. says that. To think about your fish bit for more than two <laughs> seconds. You have writers. This isn't live. It might have been live. <laughs> he might have been completely ad-libbing this. Because fuck it. A poor, you know, a poor, poor fish. A poor fish. <laughs> And just, like, more like, he's just a person who's absolutely disinterested in the world around him and is only fixated on a very specific thing. Um, but yeah, he doesn't seem to be sexually attracted to his wife. She's blatantly having sex with a sailor. Uh, there's, there's a really funny bit here where, I'm not going to say really funny because nothing is really funny, but there's a somewhat amusing bit here where uh, George is trying to convince Henry to, like, take up a different hobby. Yeah. And Henry goes to his wall and just pulls down a chart of geological eras and begins to explain how mankind evolved from the ocean and yeah. from fish. And he just he just has this chart just hanging in his living room, which I thought was worth a chuckle. Yeah. Mildly interesting. Basically, he's just a dude that should have been a marine biologist that for some reason isn't a marine biologist. Oh, and there's a good... He he wants to go see a marine biologist, like have a lecture, because they're talking about what are we going to do this weekend? And he's like, let's go to let's go to the college because there's a lecture on the mating rituals of decapods. Some real, some real adults only stuff, eh? <laughs> eh? Like... He starts being horny for fish real early. He's he's born horny for fish. Like, he comes into this ready to fuck a fish. And they, they say, like, oh, he's always out in fish world just staring. And there's some sinister-ass music. As he explains, like, the history of evolution, it sounds like in the background there are some strings. and It sounds like he's about to say, and so, Mr. George, my plan is to turn the world back into the fish. <laughs> Our purest form. <laughs> George, like, so they, there is, like, four scenes of of just Bessie and George yelling at, at Henry Limpet. Like, just belittling him and berating him. And just being like, you piece of shit, why do you like fish so much? Why aren't you a real man? And George, like, brags about, about like, his incredible feats in the Navy. And he's like, we shot this down and we blew this up and we, like... We were doing great things in the Pacific Theater, and, like, Don Knotts just goes, like, I thought your ship was in the Atlantic. And he goes, like, it's a secret mission. It's a whole... Basically, George is just a massively unpleasant character to be around. So we're going to spend a lot of time with George. You'd think that George is going to disappear after this? No. He's Uh, basically the main character. Yeah, yeah. I also want to point out that uh, Henry does sing a little song. Called I Wish I Were a Fish, one of the several songs in this movie. Uh, I'm going to read the lyrics to 
Uh, I wish I were a fish. Mm-hmm. I wish, I wish, I wish I were a fish because fishes have a better life than people. A fish can swim. That's all they ask of him. He flirts with every lady fish as she goes swimming by. And if she gives her tail a swish and winks a fishy eye, a minnow all at once can be a whale of a guy. I wish, I wish I were a fish. It's so horny. <laughs> this, is, this is the horniest movie I've ever seen. It's incredible, including movies that are actually about fucking, like, it starts out as being a thing of, like, like, they were basically, they started doing, like, Under the Sea, but, like, it, partway through, Sebastian just starts singing about how great fish orgies are. <laughs> like, under the sea, we climb into piles and fuck each other in, I mean, in hedonistic lust. Dan, darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> fuck, you're, you're on a roll today. <laughs> It's so weirdly it's horny. so fucking weird. Why would my parents let me watch this as a child? Did it? Someone should have taken me away as soon as this came on. So they go to Coney Island, the three of them, and they're having a picnic. And I should say Bessie and Henry, or George are having a picnic. Henry is just like, I get to stare at the ocean. Yeah. And he stares down and he's like, I don't want to wait another million years for this i don't want to devolve back to fish because that's his thing he thinks we're gonna devolve back into fish yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it up top if i were married to henry i would cheat on henry pretty consistently oh, yeah no 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 shaming bessie on this at all no bessie is doing what she has to do she's she's gone back to her uh her shitty high school boyfriend who she broke up with probably for good reason just because it was the 1950s and you didn't really have a lot of options in cheating. Um, yeah, but she's got to get away from this fucking weird asshole. Yeah, so, well, she's going to in just a second because he's standing on the pier uh, and suddenly everything goes purple and the Greek chorus starts to sing. Yeah. Be careful, be careful. And for no reason, there's not like a fairy that pops up and is like, Henry, jump in the ocean! Yeah. Or whatever. No, for no reason. Nothing indicating to Henry that something's going to happen. He's like, well, fuck it. And he just jumps in the ocean. He basically goes to kill himself. Yeah. Like, I think like, that would be one way to Bessie, write this. Bessie yells, he can't swim. Right. Which also... Which is cr- weird. Ocean guy! Yeah. What are you doing? Um. So, fucking... And the the weird thing is, the song that plays over this is, Be careful what you wish for, you'll turn into a fish, or whatever the fuck the rhyme is. But, so the whole... They, they, so you're expecting, like, a monkey's paw to curl, and for him to learn that being a fish isn't that great. Yeah! But that, that never does! That's what the setup is! And then, like, he gets in there and be like, Oh, the thing I wish for fucking rules! I'm crushing it! I kick ass as a fish! This is awesome! The thing I wish for! I'm so glad I wasn't careful about it! There were no Woo! consequences to this whatsoever! It's like the first and second halves of the movie didn't talk! It's like, uh, like they were assembled by separate companies, and it's like, the first half were like, we're gonna do a parable about how you need to be more involved in your life and pay attention to the people around you and sort and and you know just be more present in the moment. So he's gonna turn into a fish, have a terrible time, run away from sharks, get back to the real world, and be like, "I want to focus on you, Bessie, my wife, who I love." And then the second half of the movie is just like, "Woo, fish!" 
Jewish. Yeah. Let's blow up some Nazis. Yeah. Firing guns in the air. It's different movies. So yeah, he has a bad time as a fish for approximately one minute when he remembers, oh wait, fish eat other fish. Yeah. He watches a couple of fish uh, eat some other fish and he's like, well, I hope I don't get eaten. In uh, like the only good animation in the entire film. Oh god, yeah. Like so, I, I this was made on the cheap. So sub Korean like animation studio. And this is nineteen sixties WB. They're putting out good shit yeah, on the regular. This makes fucking Birdman look like a Pixar movie. Like this is so weak. It's terrible. Like yeah. and, and the problem is Two-thirds of this movie take place in an animated underwater village. No background yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, it's, just, it's just all in, like, purple watercolors. Yeah. Just purple watercolors and brief two-second shots of other fish. Like, there's a shark very briefly. They animate two frames of it. There's a whale very briefly. They animate maybe three frames of it. Like, they, they put no effort into this animation. Like... It's it's so weird because they both, like, they do an animated movie and a live-action movie, and both halves of the movie are like, the other one will pick up the slack. Yeah. Like, while we while we half-ass the animated movie, I'm sure the live-action is doing a bunch of really cool shit. And the live-action's like, hey, you want to talk about paperwork <laughs> yeah. for three scenes? Who wants to learn what a pension is? <laughs> Uh, okay. And so, uh, let's see, he gets chased by a shark, he meets our comic relief, which is just a crab, Okay, who's just who, kind of angry. Who voices the crab? Uh, it's you, it's you, gotta be a celebrity. No, something. it's not a celebrity, it's a guy who did, uh, his name is Paul, um, it's not Paul Lind, but it's, uh, he, you've heard his voice because he was in all of the Rankin-Bass cartoons. He was in a lot of, like, 1960s stuff. Uh, and always just playing that like character actor, like I'm the angry guy. Oh, uh, okay. Why does it sound like he's being recorded over a telephone? <laughs> Why does it sound like he's doing his lines from several states away, and they had to like set up a series of like tubes to carry his voice? His Paul, voice. Paul Freeze. His name is Paul Freeze. Paul uh, Freeze, best I'm... known for being the voice of Boris Badenov on the Rocky and Bullying Show. Oh hell yeah, this guy. Yeah. It sucks that they made him sound like absolute dog shit. And as is always the case, whenever I look up anyone on oh, this show. Oh, God. Not... How did he die? Uh, from a self-administered overdose of pain medication. Jesus! Why does everybody involved in this show commit grisly suicide? Uh, if you're having suicidal thoughts, get help. Call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. God. Every time. Every time. God, you have to stop looking down at cause of death. This was the 1960s. These people were not well. God. Uh, he meets a crab who is just like, you know, he's just like a curmudgeon. He's just like, he's the, the angry hillbilly. Like, he's just like, ah, oh, rass and fresh and tarnash and... This ah, is funny, right? I'm not telling a single joke. His big joke is that um, uh, he asks Henry where he's from, and Henry is like, "Well, I'm from uh, I'm from Brooklyn, the neighborhood of Flatbush." And he's like, "I think your name's Flatbush now, because I'm not quite paying attention." And then he just calls him Flatbush from here on out, which is funny. 
there's another bit in this movie. Uh, you should know something about George. George's last name is Stickle. Oh my god. George's last name is Stickle, which rhymes with pickle. And that's funny, I guess. This, he he keeps getting called Pickle. Like, people keep accidentally calling him George Pickle. Which, in addition to just being an extremely lazy pun, is a Monopoly guy joke. Which, do you know what that is? What's a Monopoly guy joke? It's a term that Dan Harmon, uh, the writer of Community, uh, accredited to, uh, based off of the movie Ace Ventura, uh, Call, nature calls yeah um remember that part where he's like yelling at all the rich people yeah. and a guy who looks like the monopoly guy shows up he has like the top hat and the mustache and a monocle and jim carrey goes you must be the monopoly guy dan Harmon's thing is like you made him look like the <laughs> monopoly guy yeah like you can't riff on what he looks like when you made him look like that and this is an extremely shady version of that because it's like you made his name sound like pickle you can't make fun of what his name sounds like you named him stickle and that's the joke yeah that's it Prepare to hear that 15 times. Oh my god. Every single character for the remainder of the thing, they do callbacks. They never really like go any new places with it. They don't talk about like the implications of him thinking that his name is Pickle. George never gets upset. He never notices it. Um, so, yeah, they introduce uh, the crab uh, whose name I will not remember um, by way of... Uh, Henry's saving his, his life. Yeah, by straight up murdering an octopus. Yeah. Uh, so Henry has a superpower, too. Yeah. So in addition to becoming a fish, he now has superpowers. Again, Captain America. Yeah. Uh, and his power is that he can, like, he's got, he's got, like, black canary ability. He can, like, send out a foghorn yeah, with like his voice. Yeah, he's, like, black bolt. Yeah. With, you know, like a fish. You know. Like, you know, you how, know how fish can, you know, fish can, like scream and just like ruin uh boulders that break they, rocks with they their call voice. it a thrum it's they called say, a thrum so he basically sends out like a frog horn and it's a which that's gonna be fun to listen to yeah no fucking why that as his superpower why not give him a superpower that is at all related to being a fish yeah, or, it's, it's it's really weird that like he has this new fish superpower and he has all the fish stuff but he also carries over his disability yeah, he's from also, being a human. He still he's, has glasses. He still has to wear glasses. Like, he still has a thick astigmatism. And he still looks like Don Knotts. He's like, right. poor guy. Yeah, so he can. So he has this unexplained superpower to, like, send out sonic waves. Um, so they just give him that. As yeah. like, so you'd think, like, okay, he's in the ocean. He's a, he's a fish with a man's brain. So that in itself gives him a, like an advantage over all the other fish. So it'll probably be him like using his man thoughts to outsmart the other fish and using the advantages of being a fish with a man's brain. No, they just give him a basically a gun. Yeah. They just give him, <laughs> they a, give him a voice gun. They just give him a shotgun and then he just shoots the other fish. <laughs> and he uses this like within seconds to straight up murder an octopus. Yeah. Which as we've established from him talking to the crab is sentient. All sea creatures have thoughts and emotions and feelings and hopes and dreams. And Don Knotts is just running around with a sonic cannon like fucking cyborg, just wasting them. He doesn't solve any problems no. in any other way than throat screaming them to death. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Once. One time. And this is the very next thing that happens. Uh, they go, they find a sunken ship. 
Uh, and they explore it and they look around and jo- and Henry feels a little sad because it's a U.S. Navy ship that was destroyed by German submarines. Yeah. Uh, or it's an ally ship. It's not a U.S. Navy. It's probably like a British Navy. Yeah. That's what's going on. That's kind of in the background of this whole thing is that Germans have submarines. We do not. Yeah. That's in the background. Background, uh, by way of they mention it fucking constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I sure do love being a fish during the war. I, I, it's great that I'm a fish. Also, Nazis. Like, anyway, he sees a purple fish mm-hmm. uh, who is being reeled in by a fisherman. Yeah. And he, he runs over and he bites the line and he frees her. This may be a weird question, Marty, but how sexy is the purple fish? Oh, is she seductive? Sorry, weird question. I just, I don't know why it popped I mean, into are, my head. Are you asking me how sexy do I find the fish? How se- I guess how sexy does the movie find the fish? Extremely sexy. The- she's she's the Lola Bunny of oh, this movie. I was about to say the like the the way that like uh, Jessica Rabbit confused a lot of young men's sexuality. This is trying to do harder. But at like, least Jessica Rabbit was a was a human. She yeah. was or at least a drawing of a human. No, yeah. this is Lola Bunny all the way. Have you like got like going back and watching Space Jam? It is freaky how much that like that like sexualizes Lola Bunny. That's all she I, is. I she... thought we were being weird, and then I go back and was like, why are they following her ass with no, the camera? You get like upskirt shots of Lola Bunny in the movie. Yeah, like it's yeah. I was like, I was like, our generation is really weird that we found this sexualized. Our generation was bombarded yeah, with this. It was given to us yeah. on a platter. You irradiated uh, us like the fucking Incredible Hulk. Also, as a side note, guys, don't let BuzzFeed and like fake nostalgia fool you. Space Jam is not a good movie. Space Jam's a garbage movie that doesn't really understand any jokes and uh, helps pay for Michael Jordan's gambling debts. And also, Michael Jordan's a bad person. Michael Jordan is a huge asshole. Back to the incredible Mr. Limpet. So yeah, so here's this sexy purple fish. This this fish that is like doing every single line dripping with eroticism. And Hello, Mr. Limpet. How can I help you today? But she's also like she doesn't understand much, so she gets to do the like dumb sexy girl, the sexy. born sexy, born yesterday. Born sexy yesterday. Born sexy yesterday yeah. bit. She's like, "Oh, you're a man. What is that? You I... have a stigmatism? A stigmatism. Like, and and she's, like, she literally says, like, uh, what she immediately says, like, you saved my life. I want you to fuck me. Yeah. And no, we're not joking, guys. She literally says, now we go to the spawning ground. Yes. Yeah. And, and she's, Which like... Is- the worst way to describe sex. Which is, like, another... This is another, like, like dumb, like, fiction male jerk-off fantasy of, like, you saved my life. Come fuck me. Like, so it's doing that on top of the dumb, sexy baby. Because she, he's like, well, are you fucking every other fish you meet? And she's yeah. like, no, until literally today I've been too young to have sex. Yeah, yeah, she like is she just became legal. Yeah, fish. she's a barely legal horny fish. Not even like like in terms of like be just becoming biologically capable of having sex. So she's like the fish equivalent of like fifteen. Like this is like she is not 
of legal consent age. Because she doesn't know what anything is. Uh, actually, Dan, it's called a finbophile. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a Marty joke episode. <laughs> uh, and then there's that, like, really slow, like, ah, this is the love theme. Yeah, they... Ah. Do like a bunch of like rubbing on each other, like 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 they they do some like fancy. This is like the the most animation. This I is this is the- where the budget went, and it's that same like shitty love scene that was in every animated sixties movie. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, here's a love song. Yeah, love and then they make shapes with their fish bodies. Love is loving. Which we are in love. Which you know that it was init- initially put in, and the the guy was like, "This is where the fish bone down. This is how we show the kids that, because this is what fish sex looks like." And, uh, and then someone like was like, "Listen, we can't put that in there." And then they added a scene after of like Don Knotts being like, "So we're gonna have sex after this off camera." But, and, and, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, I have a wife. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like conflicted about this for a minute or so. Yeah. And she's like, well, explain a wife to me. And he's like, I'm in a long, a, a committed relationship with another person. And she's like, I do not care. Get over here and rail me. Right. She's again, because she's like. I don't care or understand because I'm a fish. Okay, so we... After we spawn, I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, like, we editorialize a lot on this show. Like, we put words into characters' mouths. We, like, get, like... We say what we think hypothetically they mean. We are adding some words to... We're we're barely changing sentences. We're just adding the word fuck in here. IMDB, Incredible Mr. Limpet, going to the quote section. (laughs) Oh, it is going to be filthy. While you're looking that up, let me just, like, briefly point out, this is a guy that has 100% jerked off to the idea of fucking an underaged fish. That is this guy's fetish, and he should be in jail. He should be in, like, three different jails simultaneously. There's nothing really in the Incredible Mr. Limpet uh, quote section, except for how this scene ends, which is, Henry Limpet uh, saying, so th- there's not much in the IMDb quote section except for the end of this scene, which is Henry saying, do you suppose that we could be more or less friends? And then Ladyfish, which is this character's name, because she's never had a name before. So he just calls her Ladyfish. Right. She's never had a name before. So he just calls her Ladyfish, which I will remind you is also the Ladyfish, a reference to the Ladyfish that is referenced in the song. I wish I were a fish that he, he sang about earlier. About how much he wants to rail a fish that's a lady. It's like, even in like all the, the magical girl, I created a woman born sexy yesterday shit. They always give her a name. That's like an actual, like they name her like, like what's the name in a weird science or whatever? Like Elizabeth. I yeah. Say in weird they, science? they give them names that are like usually a clever Ruby pun. sparks or whatever. Yeah. They give them names that are like clever puns on something. He's just like, woman fish he's like it's just like it, it, it's just gender and again she's never species. had a name before because she's a fish she yeah. doesn't know what names are yeah this he's is like well, what 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 do other fish call you and she's like we don't really hang out yeah again fish 
We don't really, like, get close to each other because we eat each other, so we don't really have anything close to a society. Also, I'm comprehending, like, 4% of this conversation because, and I cannot emphasize this for you, the audience, enough, I have the mind of a sexy child. And, anyway, when she asks, or when he asks for them to be friends, she says, wouldn't that be more or less nothing? (laughs) And then floats off. Into the friend zone. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even the friend zone. She's just like, I have no interest in you as a per as like, I don't I don't care about your personality. Yeah, I don't care about any personality. You're I'm just, a fish. You're just floating DNA to me. And I- let's go ahead and explain something. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about fish biology, but when she says we're going to the spawning grounds, what she means is she's gonna drop off some eggs and peace out. Yeah. And you're going to stay behind and fertilize them, and then you're going to peace out. Yeah. Because that's how fish sex works, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Which, oh god, just imagine a fish Don Knotts masturbating onto a pile of eggs. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah! Imagine that. No. Imagine the face. Imagine the expression. So, here's, in in one of the greatest, like, bits of tonal whiplash... I've ever seen. We go straight from the like weird fish romance yeah, to he's, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, he just goes like, I gotta go find her. He ends up in Hawaii and is and just like looks up and then there's just a bunch of people standing around be like, We've been attacked. We're at war right now. And he's just like, oh, oh. hell yeah. Oh, Pearl Harbor just happened? Okay. Yeah. He's, like, not distressed. He's not like, oh, how could they do this to us? He's just more along the lines of, like, time to go kick some ass as a fish. Right. And his immediate thought is just like, okay, so I guess we can do this. Uh, I guess I can help the Navy. So he goes back to Brooklyn immediately because he's got to go find George. Uh, And there's a bit where, like, he yells at a ship. He, like, sees a Navy ship and he's like, Hello! And they're like, hey, who are you? Identify yourself. I'm I'm Henry Limpet. Give us the identification signal. I can't. I'm a fish. Yeah. They're like, no, you're not. He's like, yeah, I am. That doesn't make any sense. I know, but I am. Well, still don't believe you. And give us the identification code or we're going to shoot. I can't. I'm a fish. This scene is going to go on for much longer. It seems like Dan's padding this out, but instead, he's just gotten through, like, 40% of it. Uh, We're going to rack our guns for a little bit and yell at you. And Don Knotts like, I'm a fish. It just goes on forever. (laughs) They they finally do shoot him, and then they send down the sonar thing. And he goes underneath, and he speaks into the sonar thing like a microphone. Yeah. And he's basically just like, you missed the submarine. There's a Nazi submarine over there. I'll tell you where it is. I'll tell you when to drop your bombs. And so then they blow up the Nazi submarine. And then he says, get me George Stickle. Yeah. We bring back George, who is now living with Bessie. Who just moved right in. Yeah. And like, Bessie is like trying on clothes for him. And he's like, you're so friggin' hot. Like, they don't. I was a child when I watched this. I cannot emphasize this enough. And George is just like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you whose lady whose husband just died like who is still in mourning he accidentally mentions henry she starts crying and george is very unperturbed by the death of this guy he knew knew where he's just like ah damn it 
She's doing the thing that makes it so I can't have sex with her again. Fuck. So they get George, and George is like, hey, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, they bring him onto the onto the deck, they put him on the ship, and they drag him out in the middle of nowhere. He and... whines extensively through the entire thing. And then, so we get to do the whole fucking thing again, where it's just like, just Henry yelling, Hey, George, it's me, Henry. I'm a fish now. And he just goes, Nuh-uh, yo-ha, nuh-uh, yo-ha. And then uh, Henry eventually convinces George that he is Mr. Limpet by recounting times that George fucked his wife. Yeah. Where he's like, remember when we went to the zoo and you guys ditched me and I couldn't find you for several hours? Remember that time that we... (laughs) Remember all the times that you guys played poker after I'd gone to sleep? <laughs> Again, not exaggerating. Like, remember all the times that you sent me out to get milk several miles away? Uh, and then I came back and you guys had gotten your clothes all wet, so you had to take them off. And then you got tired, so you had to lay down. That was fun. I sure had a great time for those. So, yeah. And that's, uh, and so they send... George out in a little rowboat, like in a little yeah. dinghy, and he and Henry have a little conversation. And so I feel like they made a big fucking deal. Was this pre or post Mary Poppins? Right? Because they we don't we don't need to look it up, but they made such a big deal, I think, out of being like, we've got live action actors and animated beams at the same time. And this is like one of two No, this is the only time I think yeah. That they appear on screen together. It's just it's just a fish's head sticking out of the water, talking. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That nothing. There's it's, not even like a high five or any kind of like interaction or anything. Yeah. No. It's so dumb. It's so fucking stupid. Like they act like they're doing some MC scat cat shit, and it's just a fish's head. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah. This is where I stopped taking notes. Yeah. Because everything else that happens after this is so boring okay you'd think he's like okay so we're swearing you in you're gonna you're gonna be like a civilian you're gonna help us you're gonna find you're gonna find the nazis you're gonna lead us to them and then we're gonna bomb them that's how you're gonna help being a fish so what you think would happen is that like okay fish fighting the nazis in world war ii fucking like cool it's a weird premise i can get on board you're gonna do all these cool different ways to like fuck with submarines he's gonna like push underwater boulders over on them he's going to like lead armies of crabs to like swarm like like u-boats and stuff yeah you you think you're getting some aquaman shit yeah you think like they're gonna do a montage of different ways that he fucks with the nazis and it's gonna be really fun and And, instead the the nazis even like learn about like something called limpet they just know that there's a a thing called limpet limpet that is blowing up their stuff they're like so you're like oh cool are we gonna get to have like a nazi fish or the nazis gonna respond in some way make a mecha godzilla limpet like to have them do a battle of wits yeah is there anything that's gonna happen but what actually happens is just labor negotiations yeah literally (laughs) like 20 minutes they do all the back end shit where he's like okay so uh now the guy that ordered george to go out there he needs to get uh buy-in from his boss and his boss needs to get buy-in from his boss so you need to have about four separate conversations where someone explains that a man is also a fish and they're like and you think they just do a quick thing of like there's a man that's a fish weird 
cool. But instead it's like, a man can't be a fish. Yes, it is. No. Yes. They do the same thing over and over again, where they explain the basic premise to a person that is not on board. And then, and then after all this happens, after like, uh, George has been promoted and his admiral or his captain has been promoted to something else. And we've gone through all of that. We had a phone call explaining the promotions and one, you know, and all of these like captains and admirals kind of blend together. Yeah. You know, after a certain point. Um, and we've heard admiral or stickle pickle. Stickle like, pickle. Every fucking eight seconds. <laughs> uh, so then they blow up precisely one Navy submarine and then. And then George or Henry's like, huh, well, I must be in all the papers, you know, a man that's a fish blowing up uh, Nazis. And, and the, Henry's like, or George is like, this is off the books. Yeah, dude. What what made you think that we would tell people about this? Like, one, you're our secret weapon. And then two, the one that Dan's coming up with now, you prove that all fish are sentient. Your friend is a, a crab with the thoughts of a man, so you basically upend our entire understanding of the natural world because suddenly all the fish that we're, that we're eating is genocide yeah. on, like, thinking, feeling creatures. Uh, and, and three, Nazis! Nazis! Nazis read papers too, man! You idiot! Well, although, what are the Nazis going to do of the, like, everyone... Shoot all the fish. <laughs> There's a guy that's a fish. Go, like, let's just poison the oceans. <laughs> like, bomb the Atlantic. <laughs> Henry's like, okay, well, I can't get any credit for this. And this is, like, one of the only Barney Fife bits, right? Yeah. Like, he gets a little Barney Fife because he's like, well, what the hell? What's the good of doing any of this if I don't get any credit? But then he's like, okay, I want to get paid. Yeah. And... Then they go, well, how are we going to pay you? You're a fish. And he goes, no, I want you to pay my wife. Also, I want you to make me a lieutenant. Right. He wants a rank. He wants to be a lieutenant fish. And he wants, like, an actual uh, pension and everything. And he wants all the money to go to his wife. I forgot to mention earlier, there is a bit where he's trying to, like, debating whether or not to fuck Ladyfish. Like, Ladyfish floats away. And there is an image of his wife that, like, comes in front Flo of him. Like, floating in, in... No, that's when he's, like, initially debating whether or not to fuck Ladyfish. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and literally, Ladyfish, he sees that Ladyfish, like, goes away, and he's like, Never mind! I wanna fuck you! My wife can go to hell! Right, he just blows right through this image of his wife yeah. to go bone the other fish. He does but she's not, gone. He does not decide to not fuck this fish on the basis of loving his wife or she's a fish. He It was just a moment's hesitation. Moments and then he can't find her. Yeah, and then she pieces out for yeah. most of the movie. Yeah. And he leaves his crab buddy to go look for her. To, to wait, for, to wait her. for her. So... Mr. Limpet requests a salary uh, be paid to his wife and also a rank. So I'm imagining, I, again, I was kind of coming in and out at this point. They just, like, blow past that, right? Like, they don't make a big deal out of it. They just do, like, a quick no, smash cut. There's to... No, there's oh, no. Oh, really? There's another conversation where another admiral has to be like, well, if he wants the money, you better give him the fucking money. You know, it's not like there's a whole lot of talking fish we can call yeah. they debate about this they debate whether to give him what he wants or not yeah which for at least two scenes also they could just say yeah we're paying your wife and then not do it he's a fish he's in the ocean yeah he's not gonna find out yeah 
Also, they get in a big debate over whether or not to make him a lieutenant. Like, it matters. Well, who he, fucking cares? He's a fish. He, he's not going to have command over anybody. He's a damn fish. You are all talking to a fish who is giving you instructions to blow up na- Nazi submarines. Yeah. But the rank is the part you care about? Yeah. No, like... How many stripes are on his sleeve, but he doesn't have a sleeve because he's a fucking fish? The, your, your question of, oh, there's a fish talking to me isn't, so I guess there's a god, huh? Or <laughs> I guess the laws of physics are negotiable. Uh, or is, is, is the problem that, like, a good chunk of the Navy is going to be outranked by a fish? Because how, who cares? How is, he, how is he speaking biologically? How does this work? How is a human brain fitting into a fish skull? That's not the questions you have. That's not what you're concerned about. You're not worried that, like, some mad god has inhabited the planet Earth? That he's that this isn't fucking Loki? <laughs> but no, no, no. You're giving him a title. That's, yeah. That's the problem. That's the fucking line for you, people. I'm getting Fuck. mad at these guys. <laughs> fucking idiots. The... How, how did we win World War II in this version? <laughs> yeah. They're really... They attribute the entirety of winning World War II to Mr. Limpet. Yes. They're like, we would have fucking eaten this if it wasn't for this fish man. Which, in hindsight, insulting. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, The greatest generation should not have put up for this. Yeah, they were sitting in theaters and they were like, hey, I did that. <laughs> Don't you? Well, okay, so... I would I would normally have not taken this that seriously, but around this area, there's a song about how and it's it, the song is just "Thank You, Mr. Limpet." It's literally the Star Spangled Man from Captain America. Yeah, it's just it's just a great song about like Miss Don Knotts is great and he saved all our asses. Don Knotts. Imagine this might make me a national hero. And, then, and, and then, then they put him on the they put him on like the one dollar bill and on Mount Rushmore and they do a bunch of people like cheering and thanking and it's like it's like super patriotic. It's like all hail the USA and Mr. Limpet who gave it to us. Yeah. Like, and, and they they put Don Knotts himself, Don Knotts the man appears back on the screen. By the way, Dan, did you say that they took uh hiatus from the Andy Griffith show that Don Knotts could make this movie? Yes! He appears in this movie for 20 minutes! Yeah, he records basically an afternoons of voice acting. I, But one of the, this is the only time we see Don Knotts the man ever again is just like an image of him superimposed and he's wearing like an admiral's hat. He's like, <laughs> looks like Napoleon. He's not doing anything funny. He just looks kind of stern wearing this hat. And he does a little march in place wearing this hat. And he mimes giving a speech wearing this hat. So by this, Don Knotts again. This was actually some pioneering instances of motion capture. Um, they did like they did the same thing where like Don Knotts was in a green suit with a bunch of ping pong balls over him, but they did have to like hand animate over him. But he did he was actually acting this entire movie. <laughs>
Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like... You thought that was going somewhere, didn't you? No, I thought you were going to, like, alley-oop me on that, but yep. guess, guess I just got a chuckle out of it. Fuck you. Um, but, like, it's like military propaganda for a world that doesn't exist. Because it is not... It's not like, ha-ha, what if a fish gave us... Uh, what if a fish saved us in World War II? Let's do a funny song about that. It's like, thank you, Mr. Limpet, for everything... <sighs> Dear You've done for us as a country. I love America, but I love you more, Mr. Limpet. Yeah, it's like extremely dear leader, big brother. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's military propaganda for a fish. Uh, And on his way to lead the big charge against the Nazis and basically win World War II. Yeah, uh, they're doing a, they say it like 15 times. We got a caravan. Yeah. That we got that's going to lead all of our troops into Europe. So he's leading this big charge, and then all of a sudden, a manta ray comes out of nowhere and basically just runs him over and it, just smacks him in the head. It velmas him real hard. Yeah, and he loses his glasses. Yeah, that's it. Like, because now he's now he's a blind fish. Yeah, and he's got to get one of those pistol shrimp buddies to warn him for danger. He's like wandering around and he's lagging behind the convoy. And caravan, convoy, whatever the fuck it is. He's, like, lagging behind them, and he's totally lost. And he finds uh, he finds the crab, and he finds Ladyfish. Right. And and he says, Ladyfish, I love you, yeah. but you have to stay here. Also, we're going to have to work out some shit with my wife. I don't know. Yeah. He um, says all that. He's like, yeah, I'm going to have to leave my wife later, just real heads up. But we're going to get on that. I got to go fight a war. You got to stay here, though. Wait here, and... Uh, the crab volunteers to be his, uh, to be his, his eyes. his eyes, right? So they're going into battle. We forgot to mention this. The Nazis showed up at some point, actually. Yeah. We actually did see Nazis, and the Nazis know that there's a limpet. They hear about limpet every single time one of their, their boats is sunk. And, and they know about the thrum. And this, this scene is insane, because, like... As I started watching, I was like, why are there no subtitles for the Germans talking? They're speaking German, but they're speaking German in, like, like half English. Like, das Limpet is Fischgeisen. We must blow him up with a torpedo hunt. Like, they, yeah, just say gibberish. The, they just say the first part of the English word and then just German it at the end. So, yeah, so they've found a way. They've decided to build a torpedo that hones in on that noise. That yeah. throom that limpet can do because yeah. they know that every time they hear that thum, they're about to get blown up they're like fuck you limpet yeah. they don't ever learn that limpet is a fish yeah like, that never comes up they know that limpet is a noise they think that maybe the limpet is like a robot or something yeah shit. So they they have a torpedo that they're going to like track the limpet it's, it's attracted it, to it, it steers it's like a guided missile guided that missile. steers towards his noise yeah towards um, the thum noise so the noise that up until now, the big problem is Mr. Olympic goes up next to their subs real close and makes the thum noise so that uh, Navy ships can find the submarine. So they make a bomb that goes towards the thum noise. And the Nazis see no possible issue with this whatsoever. The no it goes towards the noise that is happening next to their submarines. Continue. <laughs> So what Dan just described is exactly what happens. The crab and Mr. Limpet find out, like, oh, wait, this is how this works. Okay, that missile's coming towards us. Well, 
I'm just gonna go float next to your submarine then and make this noise. The best part was, like, the missile was right next to a ship. Like, it was just about to blow up George, who's on a boat. And then he just does, like, the thwom, and then it turns around. Yeah. So, basically, they make a missile that, like, is that he can steer. He can just steer all their missiles, and he just, like, steers them back into the subs one by one. And the U.S. Navy and the Allies basically just sit there and watch. Just hang just out. Just hang out. Like Just ha- crack open a beer and just watch the Germans blow themselves up. Like, they brought out half the Navy into the middle of this ocean for this battle, and then they're just kind of like, uh, I guess, I guess we just go now? I just, um, the do, entire- Do we need to be here? <laughs> The the entire time this scene was happening, I was just imagining like one of the Nazi scientists on a boat off like the course would be like, "Oh man, oh I goofed up real bad. Oh I'm getting killed. Oh." <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's it. The the wrap up of the movie, and I have a little note here. This is how the fuck is it still going? Yeah. Uh, the ep- like they kind of have to wrap this up because. Bessie knows her husband is alive yeah. and a fish because now she's getting paychecks yeah. from the Navy. And uh, George reveals that her husband is a fish. There was also a scene way back where she demanded that the Navy turn him back into a fish. And they like there's another boardroom scene where they're like, we don't know how to do that. And even if we could, no. Basically, Limpet has to go back to Coney Island, stick his head out of, a, out of the water, just be like, I'm leaving you for a horny child fish. And, and she's like, okay, cool. She's more, she's just like, it's weird that you're a fish, man. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> he's, no, his, his exact explanation is like, maybe I was always a fish and God corrected his mistake. Which, uh, which uh. God had no part in this. God. This is, this is evidence against the existence of a loving God. God sat this one out. Uh, <laughs> You know, God is just up there turning men into fish, just being like, oh, shit, carried a one instead of a zero, fucked up, let me just erase that and turn a man into a sentient fish. That's and, th- that's that's my divine plan. And that's it. Like, she's like, well, bye, Henry. Uh, I'm already fucking George, as you know. So. Yeah, I've been this entire time. And they go and live together. Like, that's it. And then we go back to the 60s, uh, what, back to the Pentagon. And, yeah, one of the guys that was in the office is George. And he's like, me and Bessie have been very happy and have a family. Why do we have to dig up the limpet stuff? It'll upset her every time this comes up. It, like that in the previous scene, she doesn't have sex with me for a minute, for like the 12 minutes that she's upset. And that's not great for old George. So can we just not, can we just not do this? And then, then the, uh, the Navy Admiral's like, nope, we have to. The Navy says so. And it's time to find Mr. Limpet. I guess setting us up for the sequel. Yeah. For the incredible Mr. Limpet extended universe. So the they go out to like the seas of Florida Which, and they do a thing where they promote him to Commodore while by like broadcasting the Admiral's thing into the water. And then all they get back is just a thrum. Like the, the thrum. I shouldn't do the thrum. All they get back is the thrum noise. Which, by the way, they could do because the uh, the director of this, Arthur Lubin, uh, also directed a bunch of Abbott and Costello yeah. uh, movies, which were kind of the first like shared cinematic universe. I feel like the implication of what the sequel would have been is that Limpet is about to make war on the surface world, right? Right. That, yeah, that clearly. That rum at the end was very ominous and not friendly. 
Uh, and and they do at the end of the credits. There's a the end with a giant question mark. Yeah, I think the end, the next movie is pretty clearly like okay, so they're killing his people, who he is more invested in than humanity. Uh, fish are sentient. They establish that fish are getting killed by fishermen. Not a fan of it. He's teaching dolphins how to do stuff. Which why does he have to do dolphins? Can he just teach all, all fish are smart? I, I don't I think he was teaching all the fish, but the Navy was studying dolphins specifically. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, so he is he's he's basically raising a fish army to wage war on, on the surface man. Hell yeah. But like Aquaman, but they really don't have that many recourses because they're I they're controlled they're contained in the water. They're just fish that as Don Knotts reminds us many times during this movie, do not have arms. And that's the other thing, right? I mentioned before, they make him out to sound like a supervillain. Like, when he's talking about the evolution of fish and how there are theories that mankind will de-evolve back. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like a supervillain. He sounds... He does not talk to the Navy like a hero. He is like, hello there, George. I'm a fish now. I've become more powerful than you can ever imagine as a fish. Perhaps... Men are the weak ones, despite having arms that I do not have because I am a fish. And and like when he's uh when he's like goodbye, Bessie, he's like, I've evolved beyond the need for your petty human constraints. I am free down here in the ocean. Behold my fish lover. She's a moron. Like he talks very like he's like Oh, I'll help the Navy fight the Nazis, but I want something in return. Right, and then he fantasizes about himself as a military dictator. It's so fucking strange, right? Like, why does he even feel any alliance to the to America anymore at all? Because he's been a fish for like several weeks by this point. He didn't give a shit about America when he was in America, when he was part of it. He just wanted to kill a bunch of people. Also, this is we should point out this is a children's movie where. Hundred of the people die on screen. They show Nazis in the submarines going, I don't want to die. And then they die. It's like Saving Private Ryan casualty levels in this children's cartoon with a talking cartoon crab. So they never did make a sequel to The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Thank fucking God. There was discussion of a live action remake uh, for a while. By Fucking Linklater. Linklater was attached. Before that, it was the guy that directed Enchanted and my favorite movie of all time, a goofy movie, Kevin Lima. It was supposed to be like a bunch of people. Uh, Mike Judge was attached to this for a little while. Wikipedia referred to it as a live action Mr. Limpet, which this was years ago, so they didn't mean this. But I just imagined Mr. Limpet with like the animation style of a Lion King because they referred to that as the live action Lion King. So just imagine this. But also with the cold, dead eyes of a fish to stare into during all the fun animated scenes. There have been numerous attempts to do this, and it's never quite gotten off the ground. They've been trying to do this since the 90s. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, it was supposed to be Steve Odenkirk, or Odekirk, uh, directing. Steve Odenkirk? Steve Odekirk, not related to Bob Odenkirk. Steve Odekirk is... The uh, guy that did the Thumb movies. The Thumb movies. I fucking and, loved those as and, a child. And Kung Pao Enter the Fist. A movie which I watched, I loved when I was 11, watched again when I was 15. Insane how much that does not hold does up. Does not hold up. I when watched you, it again this year. It's... Oh. But, it is a movie that was laser targeted towards the mind of a child 
Like, that was the funniest shit I'd ever seen when I was, like, prepubescent. So he was supposed to do it with Jim Carrey in 1997. And that's the closest they've ever gotten. And I'm going to get back to that in a second. After that bombs, in 2000, Warner Brothers is like, okay, well, let's try having Mike Judge do this. Mm-hmm. And they went through, <clears throat> they went through Robin Williams, they went through Chris Rock, they went through Mike Myers, they went through Adam Sandler. Nothing really worked. Uh, 2009, Kevin Lima steps in uh, with Zach Galifianakis is supposed to take the role. Uh, 2011, Lima's out. Richard Linklater is in. John Hamm, Danny McBride, Sarah Silverman, Kevin Hart, Josh Gad, Kean Peel. They're all in like diff- supposed to be in different roles. Linklater bails because he wants to go work on Everybody Wants Some. Yeah. And that's it. That's where it exists from now on. God, but imagine Linklater making this fucking movie. I want to talk. I mean, he made he's made School of Rock, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So I want to talk about the uh, closest that this movie's ever gotten to being made, which is in 1997 with the Jim Carrey and Steve Odekirk version. The studio at that time knew that, like, when you get Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey costs minimum thirty million dollars. Yeah. Right. It's it's nineteen ninety seven and he's Jim Carrey. So they were like, Okay, so we're we're gonna have Jim Carrey in this movie. But I guess the script originally followed like a lot of the plot line. Mm-hmm. Uh which Did means it take that, place in World War Two? I don't know. But it, what I mean is that Jim Carrey the man was only gonna be in the movie for like twenty minutes. Yeah. And Warner Brothers was like, what the fuck? No. We can't Jim Carrey, we're going to pay Jim Carrey $30 million for him to be in this movie for barely the first act? Yeah. No. If we're going to put Jim Carrey in this movie, Jim Carrey's face is going to be in every fucking minute of this movie. So they paid $10 million on animation tests to put, like, motion capture dots in 1997 so they invented on the... Jim Carrey's face. They invented the Sega game Seaman? Yeah. They basically put reverse engineered that. Send me this image. Send me this nightmare. Okay, image. Uh, I don't. I don't have the the CGI that they came up with. Oh I don't my. have that because what I do have. They put that in a bunker and nuked it. <laughs> what I do have is uh, the art designs uh, for what it was supposed to look like. They hired an animator, Bob Camp, from uh, Ren and Stimpy. They hired one of the Ren and Stimpy animators to design this stuff. Uh, and I'm going to send it to you right now. Starts off as just a couple of drawings of Jim Carrey. Oh, no. And then here are some drawings of Jim Carrey's face on a fish body. Human faces <laughs> are not meant to be on fish. And then there's a fully rendered image of Jim Carrey as a fish at the very bottom. We will be posting these on Twitter. The best is that the comments are a bunch of people just going, these are great. These look awesome. I love how this fish looks. It's uh, Jim, horrifying. Jim Carrey as Mr. Limpet? Huh. Interesting. Like how the fish turned out. And it's just here's, here's an the, abomination. Here's why Don Knotts works as a fish. Because Don Knotts, number one, kind of looks like a fish anyway. Yeah. Because he has very distinctive lips and no chin. Yeah. Jim Carrey has a chin. A powerful, a powerful chin. A notable chin. So what you have is a fish with a big old horse face. Yeah. Who looks nothing like Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know what he looks like? is uh, This might be a hangover from the, the Mike Judge bit, but he looks like Gary Cole in Office Space. Uh, yeah. No. If you could come in 
Saturday. Lumberg. He looks like Bill Lumberg from Office no, Space. He lo- hey, I'm Gary Busey the Fish. <laughs> He does. I got gills. He looks like I was in a traumatizing motorcycle accident. (laughs) God. So this is the closest they've ever been to making this movie again. Don't make this movie again. It's not that good a premise. It's a terrible premise. It's what if what more like what war were you going to have him fight in? Desert Storm. And now that you have Captain America and Aquaman movies. What is the point of this? What? They would do it like, ah, Mr. Limpet, but I'm raunchy. But it's already raunchy. Yeah. He fucks a fish. You can't get... I feel like if you were more blatant about this... A sailor blasts his wife. Like, you can't get any dirtier with this premise. They did the dirtiest version. A lot of great comedy movies don't have that great great of premises. Like, Ghostbusters does not have that great a premise. It has one and a half movies of funny premise in it. Like... There's nothing here. It's a fish kills Nazis. There's not... Fish can't really do that much interesting shit. Because they don't have arms. <laughs> yeah. That's... So that's The Incredible Mr. Limpet. A movie that that rocketed... Uh, Don Nuts to, to stardom. He was back on TV within ten years. Okay, a brief period of stardom. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's incredible that that did that. Because he... I cannot really emphasize enough... He does nothing. He's he's not in the movie. He's not in the movie. He just hangs out and does very subpar voice acting. It's incredible. It's actually really, like, his voice is boring. And, like, Barney Fife has a distinctive voice. The fact that this movie is a classic is incredible. I don't think it is. I think it is just something that, like, people have pushed as a classic. But it doesn't have, like, like a Blu-ray release. I've never seen, like, anyone make a big deal out of it. I think it's probably a movie that got a lot of airplay on, like, early Disney Channel because they picked up the rights very cheaply. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of those deals where, like, no one gave a shit about this movie, but it was cheap to reproduce. And then they, like, aired it on TV a lot, and it became popular that way. One sec. Let's do a blank check and look at box office. Because you might be dead wrong. (laughs) Well, there's no box office numbers. It's... Uh, the release is, the film had its premiere in January 20th, 1964, uh, at the world's first underwater movie theater. Knott's called the film very, very good. Even he's not that interested in it. No. Ah, God, there's gotta be, like, some box office figures, No, no one's written about this. That's what I'm finding interesting. I think it's just, like, one of those things that just kind of gets, like, pushed up in there. Like, we all know about it, right? I'm not the crazy person that's aware of... Uh, no, like, everyone knows that there's kind of a movie where Don Knotts is a fish, but, like... We've all been submitted to it in some way or another at some point. Andy scores? How good is this movie, This movie Mark? is terrible! <laughs> this movie's horrible! This movie sucks! <laughs> it sucks shit! It's so boring! The 60s sucked ass. I'm really, like, everyone's like, oh, the 60s were this beautiful... Well, maybe they were for, like... People that weren't participating in society. Like, I get why people did counterculture. Because mainstream society in the 60s was horrible. It sucked. Dumb as hell. so bad. Yeah. They were producing shit like this. And people were like, I'm going to go, instead of doing this, I'm going to go forage for food in the middle of nowhere and live with a bunch of people and not shower. Because it is preferable to whatever the fuck you got going on here. A young Andy Warhol watched this movie 
walked out and was like, well, I'm going to go bleach my hair and do a bunch of drugs now. Yeah. Because if this is what you're putting out, fuck it. If this is society, then fuck this. This is what people in suits think is funny. Uh, It's it's such shit. It literally sucks ass. you, you You have to understand, the whole joke of the movie is, what if a man was a fish? It's like a fucking joke a caveman would tell another caveman. Because <laughs> like, there's no, like, second thing. Because I there's not, like, I think it would go a little something like this. It's just like, what if a man was a, what if a dude was a fish? But even, even, like, in the 60s, like, there are so many, so many Twilight Zone episodes where there's no moral. Yeah. It's just Rod Serling saying, here's something fucked up. Wouldn't it be fucked up if that fucked up thing happened? All I, right, I'm Rod Serling. See you next week. And those episodes rule. I the the Rod Serling. Those morals are always like, like a guy, a robot comes down from the sky, and a guy shoots it with a gun, and it turns out to be his wife. And <laughs> and Rod Serling's like, and just remember, if a robot ever descends from the sky, don't shoot it right away. It could be your wife. That's the very specific lesson here. <laughs> like no. You're just, he, Rod Serling is just in the Twilight Zone preparing you for every possible contingency. Like, the one where aliens, where the, the cookbook of, like, how to prepare oh, yeah, man, yeah. that has the specific moral of, like, hey, don't trust aliens right away. No, but again, no moral. No moral. Half of those episodes were just like, that's some fucked up shit, isn't it? Yeah. Like, these guys in this fictional situation fuck goofed up real bad. Whoa! Man, I don't know sh- what you should learn from this, but don't do what they did. <laughs> like, and it rules. Yeah, the, that kicks ass. The one where there's a where there's an evil psychic child that is torturing people, and Rod Serling's just like, "Whoa!" I mean, even even you see the, that shit. Even the Shatner episode, like. Wouldn't it be fucking weird if William Shatner saw a creature on the wing yeah. of an airplane and no one else could see it? The moral is, don't be paranoid on planes. Oh, wait, he's vindicated? Be paranoid on planes. <laughs> I guess. If you see, if you hallucinate, get a, steal a cop's gun and fire at it. Directly- That's the moral of this. <laughs> so, th- so those are our ratings for the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Fuck that show rules. <laughs> Just Fifometer, how fucked up is this movie? Um, immensely. This movie is immensely fucked up. We cannot stress enough that how much of this movie is about it, fucking a fish. It's and it has a higher body count than any World War II movie I've ever seen. Like the Dirty Dozen are mowing down Nazis, at, at giving their best. They have a bunch of serial killers, and they don't get close to Limpet. They're like they they get on the first step of his stairway to fucking heaven. So yeah, I guess a ten. Yeah, I don't know. 10. Again, fish pervert. Uh, try not to judge, but this guy wants to fuck a child fish. Uh, yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. That, that's a wrap on season two. The brothers Rye will play you out. <laughs> I'm glad that I bet they're glad that they signed on for our shit. Yeah. That's a, that's it for this episode, folks. We're gonna do a quick mini series. I think we're going to uh, upcoming. We're going to bring on some guests, and we're going to talk about a few episodes of I Dream a Genie. Yeah. Uh, a 
a show that we expected to hate and instead are immensely confused by. Yeah, I kind of like I Dream a Genie. I'm, I'm hoping that some of our guests can shed some light on this. So we're going to do I Dream a Genie for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to take a break probably towards the end of the year and then come back with Andy Griffith Season 3 yeah. uh, next year. We're taking a break from Griffith so that we can come back hot. We'll just forget all the jokes we've been saying about these people so that we can do them fresh. You're going to forget with us. Uh, I'll call Don not a chinless fuck. We'll all laugh. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be yeah. great. Yeah. Days. Thanks for sticking with us through the hell that is season two of the Andy Griffith show. I'm genuinely excited for season three, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. No, we're not talking about the Andy Griffith show. It, it, it can't hurt us anymore, Marty. We're, we're done. We're, we're, we're out. We're safe now. Yeah. And you're he- safe now. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. Yeah, I'll come back now. Give it one more chance, darling, before we get to old. Season's over, this town's drunk dry. Pull the sheds on the windows, ain't no shame to hide. They won't know the wicked toe leaves on all my shoes. Plywood on the window, them all season blue.